Welcome to the ANA Podcast, Sports Talk with your hosts, Anthony Cortez, Alex Ashley, and Kevin Rowe. What's up and welcome back. It's the ANA Sports Show. This is part two of uh, the week of April 13th. I am your host, Anthony Cortez, and I'm joined alongside my two good friends and co-hosts, Mr. Alex Ashley. What's going on, everybody? And Mr. Kevin Rowe. You're welcome. Appreciate you showing up, Kev. Uh, we're going to stick with baseball in this uh, part two segment. Before we do, let's talk about our friends real quick at Baseballism. They're an all-baseball-related department the company for baseball people. If you're a baseball fan, you should be wearing baseballism. It's that simple. It's America's brand, the official off field brand for baseball. Visit them at baseballism.com, and while you're there, use our code AA Sports. It's our initials, A-A-S-B-O-R-T-S, for a 15, it's 1-5% discount on first order. And if you're not ready to order just yet, make sure to go follow them on other socials. They're very active on Instagram and Twitter with new releases pretty much every week, if not every other week. Uh, there's free shipping on orders of $100 or more. So if you want to go and spend a lot with them, you get free shipping on your orders. Masks are available in a bunch of different styles still. Ken Griffey Jr. collections are still available as well. Some shirts and hoodies and caps over there. Uh, Field of Dreams collections are still available. Babe Roof collections, uh, shirts and hoodies with built-in masks, uh, shorts, caps, all kinds of accessories. They got wallets, keychains, um, all kinds of jewelry over there. It's all great, comfortable material and really fast shipping. Even when the pandemic's still in effect, uh, they're still on their game as far as getting their stuff out to you. And um, I'm not sure when this will be released or not, but keep an eye on the, keep an eye out for their 42 sale, honoring uh, uh, Jackie Robinson, of course, uh, starting uh, April 15th through 15th, or sorry, April 15th through 17th. Excuse me. Uh, well, they'll mark uh, some items 42 uh, percent off. So keep an eye on that. But keep supporting any and all. Keep supporting any and all local small businesses in your area, whoever they may be, because they do still need your support. Baseball is included. Uh, thank you to them. Thank you. All right, so we're going to start something new. Um, Alex came up with the idea as far as for the segment-wise, as far as like a – here's one for you where we're going to come up with like a – just a kind of like a random point every so often. We're going to bring it to the guys and uh, – or bring it to each other, I should say. And Kevin actually had one uh, pop up in his head uh, in part one. So, Kevin, I'll let you start it off, man. Go ahead. So we brought up um, Jacob DeGrom and his issues with getting wins with the New York Mets. Um, I mean, two years ago when he won the Cy Young Award, he had, what, 10 wins or nine? or It was ridiculous. But he had a sub-two a sub two ERA. This year he's 0-1 with a sub-one ERA. And it doesn't look like things are going to change anytime soon in the Big Apple for him. So my question was, are we ever going to see another 300 game winner for as a pitcher? Because it doesn't look like it's going to happen again. Uh, pitchers are going less deep into games because of pitch counts and analytics. And uh, let's make sure we don't have uh, pitchers in for that third time of the order because they can't just hand, they can't handle it. Um, so my question is, are the days of having a pitcher go long enough and deep enough in a season and have as many wins as they need to get 300 in their career? And is it relevant anymore? Does it matter? I unfortunately think it is not relevant anymore for pitchers to get wins. And 
Um, I think it's kind of like been trained that way the last couple of years as we've been seeing more and more teams go to the bullpen more and start to, you know, start to straighten their bullpen rather than getting these, getting their, getting these workhorses that can go the six, seven, eight Indians, nine Indians get you sometimes complete games. Um, so yeah, I, unfortunately I, I do kind of, I do kind of see your point and I can kind of say, yeah, um, I don't know who the closest is to 300 wins. I, I was trying to look it up right now, but um, I think it's Verlander actually. Where's he at? I don't know. I, I don't think he's that far. I think he's less than 20 wins away. Oh, okay. Um, but he's out for the season this year, so there's no chance of him getting it this year. Right. I mean, I don't, I, in general, like if you're asking me as a fan, um, no, it's not as relevant, but as a, as, I mean, as a, I would think as a pitcher, as any pitcher in this league, I would think it would still be relevant. I mean, you would still want to get, you would still want to go five to at least qualify for a win. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, no, I don't see it as, as that relevant anymore, unfortunately. See, I think, <clears throat> I think the way that we have to look at a, at the win column, wins and losses, has kind of changed. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it used to be that a pitcher would go six, seven, eight, even nine uh, to get the win. You have guys that still do that. I think um, uh, Lance Lynn just did that in Chicago like last week or something like that. Uh, you have guys who are just on fire. They leave them in. They have low pitch count, whatever the case is, right? Um, well, you just had Joe Musgrove do it for the Padres the other day. Pitch a no-hitter. We're not talking about that, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> oh, because, just because uh, it was your Rangers that got no-hit? Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think we have to adjust the idea of what kind of the win-loss means. You know what I mean? Uh because you could, you know, but so do I think it's as important? Well, no, not really. Uh, do I think we'll see a 300 winner? No. And if we do, it's because they were playing kind of before this idea of taking guys out before the third time in the lineup and, and those kind of things really took a hold. Uh, in, yeah, in I mean, that would be the other category that I would say is those that with less than like 10 seasons in the league, are we going to see it with any of them again, which it doesn't look yeah, like. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But I don't think that discounts the career at all. You know what I mean? Um, because a lot of it could be what your offense does. And it's not really fair to a pitcher if like DeGrom, if you have, you know, a 0.64 ERA, but are, you know, three and 10. It's not your fault that your team can't fucking hit. You know what I mean? It, it, it's literally not on you. Um, then there are guys who are like your four or five starters who aren't like super aces or anything like that, but they're good at getting their five innings in and, and, and limiting damage. Uh, so is it important? No, but I think we need to change the way we look at it where – yeah, I think it's more about quality starts, less about wins. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, it's just kind of the evolution of the game. That's just kind mm -hmm. of, and you kind of alluded to it. That's just kind of where the game is going. Um, it's 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 offensive. If it's it's offensive minded, obviously because you need to score runs. 
Um, but yeah, I it just, yeah, you make I mean, and I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, and I, I, I think we might've talked about this. Like, I think I might've brought this up like way back in a, in a past episode, but like baseball is interesting because so many, uh, like you hear so many, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of going off on a tangent off subject here, but baseball is interesting in the fact that like, you'll hear people complain about the amount of home runs being hit or the amount of strikeouts thrown or like the, like they're on one side or the other, but it's like, okay, hitters have a job to do. And so do pitchers. Hitters are up there to do their jobs, to try to score runs. Pitchers are up there trying to strike their strike dudes out. Like, you know, but um, yeah, I think it's just, I will say this. It's funny. We're talking about this and then we have Shane Bieber in the ninth inning right now with 88 pitches. And see, that's another thing too. I was like, one of the bigger reasons that players get six, seven, eight, nine innings in is because they don't have a high pitch count. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, you know, it's almost like protection for themselves too. Guys who won 300 games may not have been able to go as long or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it's the worst thing to have pitch limits, which can diminish the amount of wins that you get overall. Cause if maybe you went out one more inning, you hold them to one run, but your team then scored four and all of a sudden you get the win. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like an odds thing. Almost. It's almost like wins is like you do what you can, but if the rest of your team doesn't, how is that your fault? So, okay. Here's one for you. Anthony, how much time do we got? Oh, we're good. We're We're only 10 minutes in so far. Okay, cool. And we, we alluded to this one a little bit pregame, you know, and, and I, I think the thing I like about this one is that this segment is that it doesn't have to have an answer. It's more just like, oh, shit, I was thinking about this the other day. I think Pop retires in two years. Matter of fact, no, I'll give him one more year. And the reason I think that is I think he wants to hand the reins off because I think he's preparing for a rebuild. Let me phrase that. I think he's in the midst of one, but I think he's going to let the come up. I think he's going to give it away before the come up on purpose. I think he's going to go into the, like into the manager's box or whatever. And he's going to be a part of this first thing. Like, what do y'all think his plans are? Completely switching gears, but I like it. Yeah, we did. We did mention this uh, pre-taping. I, I don't know, dude. I still don't know. I'd love to just watch a good game. I'd love to be able to watch a game this season. Like that would just be lovely. But anyways, um, you gotta. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry, that's. No, um, I give him one more year as well. Um. I think I've said previously, you know, I'd give him like, you know, two or whatever more years, but, and I do, but I do still think he loves it. He just doesn't, you know, he won't show it. But I also think he likes using his platform to speak about public. Mm-hmm. So I, that, you know, that's kind of like a, a bonus to the job to him, I think. But I mean, basketball wise, I have no idea. Um, 
we're in a like I I don't know what else a rebuild could be other than what we're in right now, um, other than just trying to stay trying to stay relevant and trying to stay competitive. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, and I I've I've seen writers on on Twitter kind of allude to it as how like they think it's some think it's uh, pretty admirable how the Spurs are able to do that. They're you know we had to completely rebuild. We had to kind of shift the way we had plans and then, but we also wanted to still stay competitive and relevant. And we're somewhat kind of doing that. Um, will we make the playoffs this year? Don't know, but they're trying. It's not like they're tanking. They're not, they're not tanking to get the number one or the best overall draft pick because I don't know why you would want to do that. Well, I know, I, I know why you would want to do that, but they don't want to do that. But yeah, I can see one more year from him, and then he hands the reins off and just kind of lets somebody else figure it out. But, I mean, I, I do think he's going to obviously have a say in who he does hand it off to. Um, I think he's got to go to Becky, right? Yeah, you would like to think so. Um, but the the reality of when Jason Minix was, stu- was in the studio with us and he said, yeah, there's not going to be any championships for the Spurs anytime soon. That that started to settle in with me, unfortunately, and it's just it's yeah it's as much as I'd like to try to convince myself like hey these young guys are going to be studs in the two or three years like it's just right now. I it's mean, not even that they're not going to be studs, but we're not going to have the two to three above average studs that you need to make it make a deep run in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Right. Right. When you look at all the teams who who make deep runs in the playoffs, and there's not only two to three studs, there's two to three superstars. Yeah, you know what I mean, I will I will say I think we have the we have the talent to get to the playoffs, but I mean, as far as doing anything in the playoffs, that's another story. Because the because t- the playoffs are a whole other are a whole other season, and there's only one there's only one guy on this team that has that has playoff experience, right. I'd like to think we have the talent, but we have the talent to maybe steal an eighth spot, not to be five or six or, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and that's what I'm afraid of with the Spurs, man, is just being stuck in that muddled middle like mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls have for the last decade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about that. I don't know. I think he's got one year, and he's going to hand it off to Hammonds. And he's gonna make calls and kind of be like the Godfather, but he's gonna stay involved one way or another because I feel like he wants to stay in the sport no matter what right now because mm-hmm. it's all he has left, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I when I was a manager uh, at Fuddruckers, my general manager said he never wanted to retire because as soon as he retires. He knew he was going to die. Work was his life, you know? And I, I I don't want to say that Pop feels the same way, but I know a lot of people that are up there in age like that and love what they do for their job, that if they feel like they retire, they will not last much longer after that because there's not much left for them to live for day to day. Right. Like I said, I don't know how Pop feels. I don't know him personally. So, but he loves basketball thoroughly with everything he's got. 
and that's evident in just the fact of what he's done with the Spurs and how he cares for his players and takes each and every single one of them under his wing. You know, he loves being that mentor toward these players. And I feel like he's going to want to do that for the rest of his life, regardless of what happens with or what position he takes. Right. Like, I feel, I, I feel like he wants to like see DeJounte, like, you know, be a top point guard in the league. I mean, will he is another question, but no, like, he, won't. he won't be. Well, Dejounte is going to be a good point guard. Mm-hmm. He is a good point guard. Don't get me wrong, but will he right. be one of the best or the best in the league? No. Yeah. Not a- I could see him anywhere from fifteen to ten at best. I don't see him cracking top ten necessarily. But that's another story. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. But uh, to answer your question, I I do give him another year, maybe two, and that's a big maybe. Um, but as far as like where this team goes in the future, you would hope a couple playoff seasons. You would hope this season ends in a playoff, and what what we do with it is a whole other question. And you would hope next season ends in a playoff, but. You know, you know. Again, where does you know? It's the whole Jason Minix thing. There's no championships in the future for for the Spurs. It's just it's kind of a reality right now. Um, Not for a little bit, at least. Yeah. That's just kind of the way the way today's NBA is, man. You you got to have one superstar, and or at least one. I was like, you got to have two or three. Yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate, but two to three for like a good solid deep right? Even when you get two to three, you still have trouble. You know what I mean? So to tell end or to like to to copy on that or to keep going off of that, but do you do you see any potential superstars on this team? In San Antonio? Correct. No. No superstars. No. No superstar? I don't know. I think we'll have solid players who could most definitely be elevated by a superstar to an even better player. But I don't see anybody with that kind of superstar potential. I see a bunch of pretty good guys. You know what I mean? Uh, Your B minuses, your B pluses, maybe for a season an A, but... It's like we have a bunch of role players. Side, fair to say. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. I was like a bunch of above average role players. Not even above average. We have a bunch of C plus B minus role players. But we have a, we a need lot of great players that would be probably one of the best six men of the year candidates. You know, they're not necessarily starters on championship teams, but they'd be that first guy off the bench in a rotation. Absolutely. Exactly. I think DeJounte would be a great off the bench guy. Think about his defense and still he has the ability to score. But, you know what I mean? Right. But he'd be, I, I think he'd be great in that 15 to 20 minutes a night 
get you a couple lockdowns while you rest somebody and still good enough to run the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, again, I think a lot of these guys could be better when, if they were elevated by somebody around them. You know what I mean? If we got a Jimmy Butler who could kind of bolster guys around him, if we got, you know, there's a lot of different guys. I mean, CP3 could do it. Uh, he That's all he does is make the guys around him better. You know what I mean? Um, but, Feels like yeah. that's what they're trying to use Demar for. But see, I don't necessarily know if he makes guys around him better. You know what I mean? I think he's another great role player who was elevated by the people around him. Yeah, like I think he's probably our best player. But if you look at it, like you want to say he makes other guys around him better. But it's his name popping up every night on the ESPN stat line saying he got 30, 40 wins or 30, 40 points that night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's put DeJounte's 18. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we'd have to give up a whole lot to get a superstar or just get super lucky in the draft. Again and build around that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, three times if you want to think about it. Because wasn't Manu, Tony, and Duncan all? They were all drafts. From drafts? Yeah. They were all drafts. And the city just doesn't attract superstars. Nobody's just coming to San Antonio. Yeah, why would you when you have Brooklyn out there, when you have Golden State out there, and you have your Miami? Yeah, exactly. You know, people aren't even going to Chicago anymore, man. You know, <laughs> right? No. I think the biggest draw of San Antonio is to work with Pop. Period. Yeah. That's it. We're not a big market. We don't have a lot of role, a lot of good stars here that would help you win a championship. But if you wanted to learn from the best of the best when it comes to managers or coaches, you'd come to San Antonio just to be with Pop. But the problem is, that's not what people are chasing. People are chasing, or players are chasing championships. Players are chasing money. So they're not going to come here for that. And that's just, that's part of the, that's part of today's game as well. Guys befriending, guys befriending each other and wanting to team up and pair up and create these super teams. And that's, that's just not going to happen here. Um, there was word that Kawhi wanted to do it here with PG, but who knows what happened to that. Um, a lot of, lot of different, a lot of different factors involved with that as far as like the evolution of the game and just drafting and yeah. Okay. Here's one for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know y'all's answer already, but like, let's really think about it here. Okay. Let's be objective in our answers here. Do you think to some degree Pop is holding the Spurs back? No. Yeah? No. You don't think so? Why not? Because I would make the argument that we don't shoot threes, that we keep trying to play in the paint, that we keep emphasizing defense, and that keeps not working. We have finished 7th, 7th, 11th, and are currently ninth in the West in the past four years. 
the only time that we were good, good, good is when we had two to three superstars on the team, just like any other really good team. They don't make trades. They try to draft, but we got Vercel, which awesome. Yeah, he's a great manager, great coach, great guy, but like to some degree, I don't know if he's keeping up with the new way the game is being played. I see your point, but I don't look at it as a holding the team back. I looked at it as just like a, yeah, like you kind of said, just not evolving with the game the the best way, like evolving with the game, evolving with the game in his way, still kind of wanting to do things his way, but is that working? And I guess you can say two seventh place finishes is, two playoff appearances. He's made it two out of the last three years. But didn't we get one and done in both those years? Uh, I think so. Like maybe he is kind of because he wants it to be in such a certain way. And it's just kind of not working. We're not taking big risks. We're not taking big swings. We're kind of like, well, we're going to play defense and shoot the two. You know what I mean? Can you blame them for not wanting to take those 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 chances, though? Can you? Yes, can yes, you- I can, a hundred percent, absolutely. Look at the teams who take big swings. They don't always make it, but they have a better chance to. Look at the Lakers who took a big swing and getting an aged LeBron James. They traded literally the whole house and they won a championship or looking good to win a second one. Uh, Atlanta or Dallas went for this kid, the 16 year old from Serbia and he's top three in the NBA under 25 right now. Luca. The uh, Falcons, dumbass. The Hawks took a big swing on drafting this like five foot eleven, a hundred and twenty buck, you know, hundred, you know, a buck twenty soaking wet kid named Trey Young out of Oklahoma, and he shoots three better than half the league. He actually has them in a playoff spot. Like we don't take swings. <laughs> we just like, well, we're gonna get this kid from FSU. <laughs> The biggest, the last two big swings were DeRozan and probably LaMarcus. And did either of those really work out? Yeah, but DeMar wasn't really a swing. He was just, he, you know. He was a trade, I guess. So, okay, so we took one big swing. and Okay, what's hurt the Spurs is they haven't gotten as lucky as they have in the last couple decades. And by what I mean by that is, yeah, they got lucky to get that number one overall pick where they got Tim Duncan. They got lucky in hitting on some of these late, mid to late first round picks in like uh, Tony Parker, Ginobili, finding these guys that maybe some other people weren't looking at. And they came up and did very well for the Spurs. Some of these role players in Bruce Bowen, Avery Johnson, uh, Sean Elliott, I mean, some of these really key pieces of these championship teams, they Spurs got lucky in getting 
the talent that they did because yeah, we can scout and we can have the skill that we need to find the players that we need, but some luck does come involved, get involved with who you're picking because some people can live up to their talents. Some can't. And the Spurs for about two decades there hit on every single one of them. Yeah, but the problem is, is once that stops, you have to find other ways to get better, and we just haven't. We got lucky, and then we just stopped. stopped I mean, we were going for guys in free agency. We weren't going for trades. We weren't building a team that compete right now. Hold on. You look at how the Spurs built their championship teams. It wasn't through free agency. It was was through the draft. Right. Yeah. And And here's why I don't blame them. Because, like Kevin said, we we did get lucky. We got lucky a lot. We drafted we drafted guys like Tim Duncan, TP, and Manu, and then we 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 brought in other guys around them that just supplemented those guys. And we just it just you know. And I don't. Another reason I don't blame them is because probably because I think behind the scenes Spurs like Spurs front office is pro- are probably like looking for those offers as far as like to make big splashes. But you're not like it's a, it's a few different factors. I think it's like not wanting to ruin the culture of the organization, the, the 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 culture that you've built and you're trying to sustain. And you're not like you're not trying to bring in like you know whoever just to win. And then also like I don't think other teams are trying to do the Spurs any favors because of 20 years of dominance right now. That like I don't think that helps either. Like I, other teams are kind of looking at the Spurs like. No, sorry. Like, no, we're not helping you out right now. Like, no, you you have five championships. You whatever. I don't think any team does that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, still, but because you're in a competition. You know what I mean? To see who's the best. I don't think anybody's trying to do anybody any favors. Problem is, outside of draft picks, the Spurs don't really have anything to offer as far as players on their table, but they value those draft picks more than some of these other teams that are making big splash trades. Right. That is the reason the Spurs control every single one of their first round draft picks from this year moving on. Right. Because they value those picks higher than any other team that I've seen in the league right now. I just, I don't see a ton of, I also don't pay people a whole, whole lot. Uh, but, like, I, I don't know. I, if you look at a lot of the teams who have solid first – and we don't even get, like, good first-round draft picks. <laughs> we get late first-round draft picks. We get middle first-round draft picks. So we're hoping that these guys pan out to be really good. But the guys who can make a splash, who can help, all go to the terrible teams first to create parity. Uh, but I don't know. I think – I don't know. I think maybe we're just kind of dragging our feet a little bit and – playing the new game of basketball or the new NBA, I guess you'd say. They Sorry. need to blow it up so they can have a chance in the lottery again in order to be a successful franchise again. Because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's time. They need to move on. Or trade a bunch of them first-round picks elsewhere. Get somebody who can... Or trade a bunch of first-round picks elsewhere and get somebody who can contribute right now. No, because then you're, you're – that's – I see that as a temporary fix. That's going to 
maybe make you good for a year or two, and then those players will move on. If you want to succeed, but you're also we have a team full of young guys now. You have your core. Yes, those I would trade away so you can start getting some other draft picks. But you need sustained success over a decade if you're looking for that again, like you had. But all those guys were. All those young guys were draft picks, Kev. You're looking. You, you want to give them away to get more no, draft no. picks? Those guys were middle to late first round draft picks. I'm saying blow it up, start getting more first round picks. So when you are drafting, you're drafting higher, because what we're seeing come out of college is that top five, maybe top ten, are like becoming the superstars in the leagues. After that, you're getting role players. Unless you get lucky. I don't think blowing it up, blowing up is blowing it up is the answer, but that's why I'm not a GM. Anyways. It works. It can for sure. It's better than being stuck in the middle for two decades now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious to see I'm what else be... thinks. Here's a question for you. Would you be re... would you rather be stuck in that middle for two decades, never win a championship, but making the playoffs maybe about half the time every or like every other year or half the time in that two decade span? Or would you rather be Bad for five years, and then really good for the next decade. Well, if you're asking the Spurs, it's A. But if you're asking me, it's a B. What do you mean if you're asking the Spurs, it's A? <coughs> that's how they operate. The Spurs organization seems to want to be in the middle and then make it every other year. I'm like, be bad and then be good because that's what you were before you were good, is you were bad, and then you got good. I would say be bad and then good, yeah. But it just feels like that's kind of what we're doing now. We're too average. It's not. Yeah. We're average as fuck. The life of Spurs fans right now, man. That's so cool. <laughs> Spurs and Rangers fans. True. Jesus. What oh, else is new? Yeah, <laughs> see, once your Rangers are finally blowing it up. So, thank God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> finally moved on from Ruggy. Sad to see Elvis go, but the, whatever. That's moved why on I'm from not. Lance Lynn. Yeah. Starting to get some of your young prospects up. If we could figure out from Mazzara, if we could figure mm-hmm. out pitching, that'd just be wonderful. Figure out what? If we could figure out pitching. pitching. Yeah. Well, I think you got some arms in your in your system, don't you? A couple, at least. I hope so. I know you don't have a, a lot of top one hundred prospects, but you got a couple. So. I think we got in a trade from the A's. <laughs> Yeah. Ours. Y'all traded for uh, what was his name? Dane Dunning. I think yeah, right? who's a starter right now, yeah. and that's what yeah. you need. Yeah, Those young, controllable arms. You know, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for part two. Email is double a sports show at gmail.com if you want to write in. 
um, and uh, contribute on our Patreon level as well if you want to as well. Um, be good to yourself. Be good to each other out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't sex and drive. With that, we'll see you later. Peace. See ya.